Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. An exciting meal has been ruined by the presence of this liquid filth. Now you've blown the money. I'm just happy you didn't report me to my superiors. This gun for hire. No offense to your mother. Why were you assigned to the case? I mean, you're you're in homicide, aren't you? I just go where they tell me to. Of course, the first thing that I want is a cold beer. You really are a sly one, Lieutenant. Welcome to Columpod, my wife's kid brother's favourite podcast about LA's greatest detective. This week we'll be treading grapes with a ruthless snob who'll stop at nothing to ensure that he's the only man who can like wine. Yes, it's any old port in a storm, and joining me to sip on a glass of liquid filth is Tom Crowley. Uh, uh, it's very nice to meet you, uh, sir. Uh, I wondered if I could just ask you one more question before I, uh, Mr. Rain. Uh, of course you can, Lieutenant, yes. Uh, can I be a guest on your podcast? By all means. A podcaster is quite a good... Sorry, it is me, Tom Crowley. Sorry. Yeah, 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 I know you were, yeah. you were flummoxed by that incredible... I thought he was in the room. Yeah, well, he is over here. I just, I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee. That's fine, Columbo. You just um, you carry on. I think he thinks I've committed a murder because he hasn't left in days. <laughs> it's, it's probably because when he came in, you were sort of washing blood off a big hammer and then saying, don't mind this hammer. How can I help you? Oh, I, I, I was just killing uh, lambs with this uh, yeah. the other day. Don't worry about that. Uh, killing lambs in a built-up urban area just doesn't uh, seem very. No, that it's it's part of my side business. I, I make I run a lamb killing uh, business. Uh, just what are you doing here anyway, Colombo? There are an awful lot of Colombo murderers whose first instinct of talking to Colombo is to do a "We didn't burn him." We didn't burn him. <laughs> and then he ah, oh, I keep thinking about because I know from having been a fan of of Columpod already from mm. the from the single episode that's been released that you'll be asking me for my suggestions uh, yes, for a modern end. Columbo, which yes. and I've got a good one. Oh, good. But every time I think of somebody, I go, oh, that would be a good one. Mm. And Tubbs and Edward, 
oh. versus Columbo would actually be fantastic. It would be perfect. Yeah, that would be a really nice... If, if anyone from Comic Relief is listening, and I know you probably are. You probably are. Yeah, that would be a nice Comic Relief special, a Columbo with the League of Gentlemen. Yeah, That'd I mean, that would be fun. fantastic. Oh, coming in. Instead of that ill-fated sort of Edward Woodward policeman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead, yeah, which was a Mark Gatiss, wasn't it? It was a Mark Gatiss yes, character. Yes. Instead of that, just comes in, hello, hello. <laughs> What's all this shouting? Well, I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. Um, that would be tremendous. Columbo, hey. <laughs> Columbo, eh? Little detective boy. I'm not going to say Little murder boy. You won't catch me with my trousers down. Well, that's what you would say. That would be a Patrick McGowan character, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, one, <clears throat> one reason I'm so happy to do... Um, Columpod is mm. is that I not that long ago made you know wrote made and released uh, an extremely niche Columbo inspired sketch mm. in uh, episode twenty two of uh, my sketch comedy podcast Crowley Time available at all good podcast uh, outlets and, and at Crowley Time listen to that if you get a chance everybody it's very good oh please please mm. listen to it thanks John please mm. please God listen to it mm. um, in episode twenty two which guest starred Mike Wozniak uh, there's a sketch where Columbo uh, encounters a character played by Patrick McGowan. Oh. And uh, and he's confused at first until he's told, no, no, sorry, that character's played by Patrick McGoo. And he goes, oh, that explains everything. I understand. <laughs> and I and I was trying to, exp- I was worried, you know, is this too niche, this sketch? And mm. I had a sort of a call much like this one with Mike Wozniak. And I said, uh, so if you've seen the script, um, it, it's the idea of like, I don't know if you've seen any of the Columbos with Patrick McGoo. And he went, oh, no, no, I understand <laughs> completely. Mm. And I went, okay, fine. He's essentially a big weirdo. He is. He's always a big weirdo. Yeah. And uh, I'm so, if anything, because of that sketch, I'm almost sad I didn't pick a Magoon one for this episode. But I mean, well, you can come back and pick another one if you wish. Maybe, maybe we'll have should. to. You're always welcome on the shores of Smirch Stroke Clumbod. Oh, bless you, John. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. Mm. Um, anyway, so talking of shores of and ports. Oh, actually, oh. before I get into that, I need to ask you an important question. Yes, Tom Crowley, sir. Mm. How did you first get into Colombo? Well, very appropriately, it was uh, my wife. Uh, my wife uh, is a huge, huge fan of Colombo. Mm. Genuinely, she is. And uh, I hadn't seen really, I, I knew it only as a cultural touchstone. And obviously, I knew the impressions and I knew references from other shows until just a couple of years ago. I think it was quite on trend at the time, wasn't it, to binge watch Colombo mm. in lockdown. It was mm. one of those sort of sort of strangely feel-good murder shows that people were, were mainlining at that time. Yeah. And that, we were we were certainly two of those people. And um oh God, it was it was an absolute delight. It's it's also that thing where you, it's so compulsive and you go, let's let's watch another Columbo today. Mm. But you also go, Oh, but there's only so many. You don't want to have too much of a good thing too quickly. No. But um yeah, we've we've now worked our way through almost me and my wife and I. Mm. We've worked our way through almost the entire thing up to we're in, we're into the '90s ones now. I think closing in, you know, nearing on the 2000s, mm. and we we took a pause for two reasons. Mm. One that we did this when we watched Monk as well. That it was getting near the end, and we didn't want it to finish. Right. So we we've oh, held yeah. it off, mm. and we've saved the last few. But also because I think uh, the next one in in the sequence chronologically is meant to be one of the worst ones ever made. Okay. Uh, which is Undercover, I think it's called. Okay. Which is one of the ones that is, for some reason, based on an Ed McBain novel for no reason. Oh, um, and uh, anyway, so that I, we know that one's coming up next, and it's meant to be really bad. Mm. So the incentive to to get stuck into that is 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 less. That's but the one Christ, when, um, I've loved so Bob, much of it. Bob Carroll, Jesus, spit the dogs, the murder, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's mm. right. That's mm. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to do. Spit, spit in the face of Lieutenant Colombo. Sorry about that. Uh, no, don't worry. It's okay. I shouldn't have stood in the way of his spit. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Spit the Dog. Uh, 
<laughs> We're talking about spitting oh, and Columbo and, and, and Sooty. Mm. What if oh. Matthew Corbett is the murderer mm. and, and <laughs> Columbo working with Sooty and Sweep to bring him to jail? Oh, oh be fantastic. God. Sooty, Sweep and Columbo catching Matthew Corbett packing his suitcases with a ticket to Rio. Yeah, that's mm. right. Oh, Columbo. Uh... <laughs> I just snorted. My, my wife's a huge fan of uh, Rio de Janeiro. The, uh, my Christ my the wife yeah. loves uh, mute puppets. So uh, I wondered if you could uh, possibly sign this for me. So, of course, it turns out that Columbo isn't married. And it's kind of like a kind of fight club situation. Well, I was going to say this at one mm. point. For a long time, watching through, I... So later on in this, isn't there There's some discussion of the rest of his family, mm. uh, his cousin or his nephew or something comes up, mm. and uh, as well as his wife, of course. Mm. And there was it was quite a while watching the show that I was going, I don't think you can trust anything Columbo says <sighs> about his personal life. Yeah. And I think it's only on the cruise ship one, which is also fantastic, yes. mm. when you, you, you hear someone else say... It's your wife mm, on the you've phone. Just missed her. That's right, and mm. it's the first time that someone else goes. Yes, there is a real living woman <laughs> that other yeah. people can see who is Columbo's wife. So I think I, I she bet exists. It's him in drag, though, just like walking ahead of himself, then getting changed. You and never coming see back. him in the same room at the yeah. same time. Same right. as uh, Captain Manring's wife as exactly, well. Exactly, just a big lump in a bunk bed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and it's just Arthur Lowe again. Yeah. yeah. Until, well, that was pillows. Uh, uh, until and until the Dad's it's... Army movie where she's in it and there's a character. No, no, oh, is no. she? No, no, no. We don't. Do why? Why? What did they think they would gain from from having that happen? Uh, a female character, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, yeah, I, there is there that. None in Dad's army. Well, there is that, but you, yeah. I don't know. I sort of go. So, so in order to make, why not have a new character? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Like rather than undo an incredibly well-known and famous and popular joke. Well, it doesn't matter because no one watched it. So Great. there was no harm done. Yeah. No. Fine. Fine. It was literally no one, a bear no in the woods having a dump and going. <sighs> No it's like that around. new um, that new Velma show. It oh. doesn't matter because no one's seen it. So no one's going to watch that. So it doesn't matter. So no no one can take offence. But we've we've lingered long enough in the vestibule. It's time we walked into the main room of the murder the of any port and a storm. So we meet mm. we meet our main character played by the amazing Donald beautiful Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Oh. oh my god, an absolute a, a masterclass of a of a Columbo villain performance in. I mean, you can just sense he's Italian. Oh, completely. He's the most Italian man I think I've ever seen on screen. Hey, uh, <laughs> spaghetti. What a mistake to make. Yeah. I kill him, my brother. To that's... be fair, they do write in these half English. Yes, that's true. Well, it makes sense. And, and it's quite... he says, our father was a good man, a good Italian. He provided the wine. My mother was English. She provided the breeding. Yeah, that's right. So he's, mm. he's, he's snobby and Italian oh. is, the, uh, is the idea. Snobby and passionate. What a dangerous mixer. Well, <laughs> it's a heady blend. Mm. Two, two dangerous volatile grapes in one bottle. How um, many bottles of pot? <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's keep Pop outside yeah. just for the moment. <laughs> he comes in quite a lot. Um, Pop seems to make quite a few appearances in in our episodes of Smurf slash. I think, I think we should just admit we like Pop. I think, like, I have mm. no problem admitting that. I just think maybe we should pop him outside just for you know, just because because this story involves several Italian characters. I feel mm. like he might make many appearances. It's true. We should be like Mike Reed and admit we like Pop. Yeah. Uh, woo. Uh. <laughs> um, you keep yeah. so he's still available. Of anyway, course, yeah. So Adrian Carsini. Yes, Adrian Carsini and mm. his brother Rick. 
Mm, well, Adrian's hosting an intimate Sunday pie. I've just called them the wine lads. The wine lads, wine yeah. guys, is what yeah. I had, actually. Uh, so close. The wine gums, they could call themselves. The wine gums. That's yeah. right, if they were a close harmony quartet, well, they do look like. They do. One yeah. of them's the the guy from The Sting, who's the FBI agent. Oh, right. I like yes, him. I thought looked familiar, yeah. yeah. He's in this. I think he's in Columbo a few times, but in this one, he's particularly mm. snooty. As, a, as That's one right. of the wine gums. What what's really fun about this is um, that like they're such a giant quartet of virgins. These <laughs> wine guys, they and, like, really are. Yeah, they're like massive and and such kind of. You realise that it's like any this story could be about any enthusiasm, and the sort of weird obsessive virgins would be the same exact characters. They're a real group of incellers. Are they really they're in incellers? Wine yes, yes, they're incellers. What's the similarity between <laughs> wine aficionados and misogynists? They're in cellars. They're in cellars, yeah. Or something. There's a joke in there. It's a good one. But I quite like it if, if like, you had this story, but about model trains. Oh, my God. That would be so, so had, good. Rod you had uh, the brother. Yeah, well, exactly. Mm. And you had he could play the brother mm. and go, like, I'm going to sell all this, this factory, this model train factory, to Hornby. And then mm. Pleasance goes, Hornby! Hornby! <laughs> I'd love it. That would be amazing. Mm. Those, they couldn't even make a milk float. <laughs> 69 cents per carriage, Hornby! <laughs> he goes to go and get a fine bottle of claret. Mm. And and he, he has a little listen in on the intercom and he hears them all go, well, there's no doubt that uh, Adrian is our inceller of the year. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely our incel number one uno primo for the year. There could be no doubt that Adrian has never seen a pair of tits. <laughs> Well, at this meeting of the It's Impossible to, for Women to Orgasm Society, Adrian Carsini is our man of the year. He's never had his willy out. <laughs> He's never been fully nude. No. He wears two pairs of pants. And at night pa- time he takes one off, no, the dirty ones off, then puts the ones on the outside back on. We, but he does we it behind are, a small beach towel. That's right. Yeah. Even on his own in the bathroom. Yeah. We are convinced that this man thinks that showering in the nude is degenerate. He has someone, the the, 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 the big tall guy stands up, raises yeah. the glass. There is no doubt this man has never seen a vagina. <laughs> Adrian listens in and goes, these people just get me. They they just, yeah, I'm so happy. He's in his, his sort of keen little face in the next room listening into this. He's going to be man of the year. <laughs> so he's really happy and then he walks in his office dun 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 chair spins around it's Rick oh Rick fucking Rick <sighs> Rick Flair Rick Flair's turned up yeah he says I knew you'd be I knew you'd pop in here and he goes why are you here it's the weekend and he's just but he's basically holding up a big sign going will you murder me in a minute please yeah hi hmm. no one else saw me come in here hmm. but <laughs> the second Pleasance walks in it's like Rick what are you doing here just so you know no one else knows I'm here yeah, exactly. And, and it should be noted that Rick's his half brother, and you can tell that because he's the actual opposite of Adrian in that he is knee deep in clunge. He's he's absolutely <laughs> swimming in fanny. He's beating it off with a stick. He's and, on his fourth uh, marriage, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's, he's mm. been married far too many times. He's lost yeah. all the family's. Uh, well, he's lost all of his own money. Yeah, he's a playboy. He's got like a sports car. He's into extreme sports. Yeah, that's Water right. Sports. And he's, he's all these life endangering things. Mm. Uh, just so you know, no one else knows I came here and I do multiple things a day that could kill me by mistake. Yeah. Now uh, that's out of the way. Uh, yeah. Can I have five grand? Can I have five grand? And then as soon as the money's in his hand, he mm. goes, I'm selling your business. Yeah. He says he's, he's selling it to the Marino brothers. The Marino, the Marino brothers. Mm. Yeah. 69 cents a gallon, Marino brothers. 
They don't make wine. They don't even make good mouthwash. Yeah, that's mm. well. so good. What a great character. Oh, so this is a good. case of, I think, you know when you just can tell that an actor understands the character inside out? Yes, this absolutely. Is, this is Pleasance. Like, just he, he gets every all the sort of the flaws of the pedantry, mm. but also the genuinely quite sort of winning enthusiasm in t- at times, you know, oh. and the, the passion and giving a shit. Yeah. Because ultimately, this is a story about a totally irresponsible rich kid who wants to destroy like a sort of artisanal, nice quality thing, even if it's very snobby, the whole yeah. world of it. Yeah. But, he, but just because he wants to marry a go-go girl he's met and, and spend the rest of all of his sort of, in, you know, unearned inherited cash. Hmm. And if anything, it seems like Pleasance has dedicated his, you know, monastically dedicated his life to this one cause, yeah. to the extent of like not making as much cash as he could have. You'd better if it was in jazz the- mags instead of wine. I'm yeah, model trains, jazz mags, um, <laughs> old video game consoles. Yeah, I've like- got four thousand copies of ET on the Atari. <laughs> no one Atari? needs four thousand copies of ET on the Atari. I just have to make sure no one else owns one. I'm so <laughs> and Mario, um, Italian as well. The so. Mario Brothers. The Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do plumbing. They go to another world and hit tortoises. They jump on top of mushrooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that shower's still broken. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he, he doesn't want to sell out to the Marino brothers. And yeah, so, okay. So, but that's just to say, I mean, Pleasance is every single line delivery deserves. Oh, I mean, uh, and also an Peter Falk loved him. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a clip I'll play now. Oh, great. Of, of him and Johnny Carson saying how great he is. Here it is. Uh, on Sunday, Donald Pleasance is going to be on. You people don't know Donald Pleasance, but in England, everybody He's knows Donald Pleasance. He's one of the Donald great Pleasant. actors in the world. I was going to ask you to say that. He is. He's one of, the, one of the great actors in the world. And. Uh, if I can just say this just for one minute, you know, Colombo always nails the guy, uh, but Pleasance was sensational, and I'll tell you why he was sensational, because he made it hard. He didn't make it hard to figure out, because Colombo can always figure He made it hard emotionally. In other words, I liked the guy. He made me laugh. He was a genuine eccentric. He was a man that loved wine, loved great wine, and that is, he hated things that were cheap, he hated things that yeah. were commercial, he hated things that were imitative. And he had a quality about him that I admired. And he touched me at the end of that program. And, and that's the reason I'm here is I want you people to see it. because And I want to thank him. And I want to thank the guy who wrote him, Stanley Ralph Ross. That clip was incredible. Isn't what a amazing? great clip. Mm. Um, I haven't I, heard it. That was it's just to drop the veil here. I, I didn't just hear that. He didn't. He's playing it to you. He didn't play it to me. I'll have to look it up separately later. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look it up later and then I'm going to record an addendum to this podcast and, and email it to John and I'll where I can that. share my genuine reaction to the I'll video. I'll insert that now. Shit. There you go. There we are. Mm. Um, yeah, because you, you, you get the impression from reading everything that Peter Falk was a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. And that if he did an episode where he really liked the person, he was a lot nicer to work with. And I think this is one of those instances. Yeah, no, I bet. I mean, he's 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 utterly adorable as a character, but mm. I mean, you know, I I also wonder if because the show was it was so popular, right? Oh. I think pretty much straight away, Columbo was yeah. a big. I mean, because it went from being two unrelated TV movies to a series. Yes. So a, a series of movies of ninety-minute movies, basically movies. Yeah. So he's he's you know he's he's riding high. He's a big star. 
Hmm. And I, I kind of wonder that if you if you tend towards being a little difficult and uh, <laughs> precious about your process and the way you like to be treated, then that kind of success would would push you right over the edge. But then of being unbearable. But then you work with Donald Pleasance and your life changes forever. And you go, ah, oh, I feel so. It's like my mind is in a warm bath of Pleasance. Yeah, my wife is a big fan of Donald Pleasance. My wife loves my wife loves the Halloween movies. Yeah, especially four, five, and six. Oh, big fan of six. The the case of Michael Myers. <laughs> The one with little Paul Rudd when everyone goes, how come oh, he hasn't I... aged? And when you look at the photo, you go, he has aged. He He's has a lot aged since then, that. yes. Yeah. We just don't normally see him because nobody watches Halloween 6. No the does. Cult of Thorn. I thought, yeah. you know, a lot of people, they said, um, Mr. Rudd, uh, a lot of people, Paul Rudd's another good one. Yeah, oh. my, A lot of people say uh, that nobody needed a reason for Michael Myers to start killing people. But, oh, I just thought of uh, a, a, an astral cult of druids. Yeah. Inspired. I I love that. Uh, a beautiful film. I love the fact that Donald Pleasance dies before they finish making the film, so they inserted an out of context scream at the end. That's right. They had to throw in a, a different scream from some other thing. I was very sad to hear the passing of Donald Pleasance, who, as I've said, I, I like a great deal. Mm. But I thought the choice to throw in an, an unrelated scream from from some other project was was the most tasteful way to end the finest film in the Halloween franchise. Well, that's what my wife says anyway. I, so my, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know what I'm, I don't know from movies, you know. Mm. Anyway, but I like the bit this, here. Rick, Rick is basically one strike is going to get murdered, right? Yep. Then he says, "By the way, I've kept a record of all the money you spend on wine that you can't drink. You're definitely going to get murdered now." Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, and he says, um, as I mentioned earlier, my, you know, our father was a good man, but my mother brought breeding because she's English. Yep. Your mother, yep. on the other hand, appears to have been responsible for all the coarser sides of your nature, Rick. Mm. Your mum's a slag, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Yep. And, and he says, I'm not going to let your ignorant Neapolitan side turn this into a wino heaven. <laughs> oh, sorry, ignorant Neapolitan friends turn this into a wino heaven. Okay, so his his mother wasn't Neapolitan. The no. Marino brothers presumably are Neapolitan. The Marino brothers must be. And then he hits Rick over the head with a big phone, and that doesn't kill him. I'm I'm a bit confused because he doesn't kill him, does it? No, but I mean, Pleasance isn't an athletic character, is he? No. He's, you know, he's a little spindly, you know, uh, mm. soft little wine man, uh, wine guy. Yeah, he's a wine lad, and uh, so yes. one blow from a wine phone guy. from a wine lad that doesn't kill you. That no. I mean, that's a headache at worst. Mm. But uh, so. This it's an interesting one because uh, my friend, extremely talented writer Jack Bernhardt, oh yeah, uh, he he from uh, my former sketch group Sad Faces, mm-hmm. he says he he's also a big Columbo fan mm. and you should have him on this. I will. But he yeah. he says he doesn't like the impulsive murders as much because he prefers it when there's clearly been a, an elaborate plan yeah. that makes it almost impossible to tell what's happened and then Columbo finds the one crack in that plan. Yeah. But I think this is a really good example of it done well mm. where you have a guy who's clearly you know intelligent who's just done this thing and gone, oh God, I've got to follow through on this now because he's not dead, but I have to finish the job yeah. and c- cover my tracks. And he's just thinking so quickly in a way where he he makes a lot of sort of very clever connections, but also leaves big holes in the plan that yeah. you believe because because he's thinking on his feet. Yeah, this and Death Lends a Hand are like the the, the um, Robert Colt one where he hit, hits the girl and she bangs her head and then you see it all play out in his glasses. The way he oh, that's beautiful. That's like the second one in the yeah, series, right? I think oh, so. Wait, once yeah. it becomes a series. Yeah. And that that's so, there's so much flair in these. Yeah. I, so this it's the is, 70s, uh, they're all wearing them. 
Yeah, that's right. There's so much flares. Yeah. Oh, and aviator sunglasses mm. and big collars. Massive collars. Yeah. Mm. There's something. So this is a total swerve. But um, I watched a bunch of uh, my wife and I mm. watched a bunch of that um, elementary show. Mm. The um, American show. Sherlock Holmes, Johnny yeah. Lee Miller uh, modernized thing. And it's all right. Like, it's quite good. I think the main thing people recommend about it is that it has more focus on mystery of the week and Sherlock being a detective mm. than Sherlock did, which mm. was mainly sort of internal mythology and, you know, fan service and uh, emotional soap opera stuff. Mm. And, you know, and there's, I think there's a space for that. There's a space for both. Mm. But one thing that really struck me about Elementary, and I think it's just the nature of it being a big network show, is there's no flair in the filming at all. Mm. Every single scene is wide shot, character enters the room, uh, someone else is already doing something, then two shots, <laughs> shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, wide shot to round off the scene in the end. And you watch a, a Columbo, or even something like, I've been watching a lot of Father Brown lately, <laughs> which I love. Right, right. It's fantastic. And even a daytime show, like Father Brown, there's so many little moments of just effort and flair in the storytelling. Is that and the it's Mark really, Williams one? Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah, and it, uh, he's he's absolutely sensational. He only saw, it well. It's all to do with people who've been murdered by bottles of HP sauce, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Father Brown. Yeah, mm. and um, there's Father Fruity as well, which is the yeah. sister show about the um, uh, sister Fruity. Sorry. Sister Ketchup. Sister Ketchup. Uh, no, Sister Fruity, and okay. that's about people murdered with bottles of OK sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very okay. Anyway, so and the porn parody <laughs> of I, Father Brown's terrible. Oh God, Father! Oh, don't even have to change the name. <laughs> Uh, fur- further brown further it's called yeah. further brown um but anyway just mm. the, in this yeah. episode of colombo and in so many of them and particularly in that um cult one the, mm. the first the first cult appearance isn't it i know the cassidy one you oh, oh, oh sorry i thought you were going to talk about spielberg oh no no i thought that's that's very he's yeah. he's at, he brings uh, a hell of a lot of flares again because mm. he was very big in the 70s Maybe. but um that second cult one as well is a great example oh, of that and yeah. yeah just it all looks stunning and uh especially any shot of donald henry jacob pleasance oh do you, do you like the uh, movie wine they use in this because it always looks like ribena yeah the first shot is is four big glasses of, of <laughs> bubbling hot ribena uh absolutely no question absolutely because wine doesn't tend to have a sort of froth <laughs> No, no, sort of, of frothy it. bubbles on top. Nor yeah. is it, nor is it sort of bright pink red. No, <laughs> it's sort of deepened red. It always makes me laugh when someone has a wine and TV or film in the seventies and eighties because you're like, that is fruit juice, isn't it? That's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's but, it's yellow. Yeah, and uh, whiskey used to always be apple juice, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Always yeah. that works though. That's a similar color that uh, that that sells. I like to think that the thing they use for wine hmm. in old films is this exact same substance they use for blood. They just had one big tank. Yeah. A big vat that they would just dispense from the little tap at the bottom. Oh, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Like a little urn. Oh, there's some bright pink wine. There's some bright pink blood. And little urn's here. To do little urn, yeah, he's here. Uh, Mr. Preview. Um, Teddy Morecambe and Wise would have been great murderers. Oh, uh, this is the problem. Is mm. there's, it's quite hard to find someone that it wouldn't be good with. Mm. It'd have to be someone really boring and like predictable, like Chris Evans. Do you know what I mean? Not that one. No, Chris no, Evans, no. the British one, would be amazing. That would be good. But, <laughs> Yeah. That's a Colombo villain. Uh, he, he'd be easy. There was one pro- the one problem you made, sir, Mr. Mm. Evans. I love your radio show. Mm. The one mistake you made was uh, you forgot your toothbrush. <sighs> you jerked off to Baywatch during MTV. <laughs> Allegedly, sir. My wife's a huge fan of Baywatch. So, yeah. 
my, my wife, Billy Piper, uh, left me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry to hear about that, Chris. Sorry to hear you sort of groomed your wife. That's, yeah, that's, when uh, she was very young. You bought her a car when she was 16. Yep, normal behaviour for anything. Completely anybody. normal behaviour, sir. But I, it's understandable. People make mistakes, you know. Mm. I mean, mm. uh, I'm, who am I to judge? Mm. Um, so anyway, Rick's, Rick's alive, but he's sort of dead. Yep. And then Adrian with, you know, very brave, I wouldn't have done this, leaving a half-dead man who might get up any second. He yeah. just goes back out and sees Karen, his secretary. Yeah. And oh, and by the way, she's mm. the second person... After well, third after Peter Falk as well, hmm. Falk Pleasance, and uh, then then Karen, uh, Julie Harris, who I always love in everything. She's fantastic, mm. and she I know her best for the film The Haunting, the oh, yeah. uh, nineteen sixty movie, oh, which God, is yeah. one of the best sort of haunted house ghost Proper movies. Terrifying film, really frightening. Mm. And she you're she talking about plays, the remake, right? The early yeah, with Catherine Zeta Jones and um, <laughs> Liam <yeah>. Neeson. <laughs> And some other people. Oh yeah, yeah Liam Neeson's in yeah. it. Yeah, that that's not. Don't don't go watch that. Don't watch. Watch that. the 1960 mm. Julie Harris uh, <laughs> version of The Haunting, yeah. which is really creepy mm. and incredibly like moving. And in that, she plays. I mean, this is this is her casting type 100. Yeah. percent She plays quite sort of prim, uptight women with sort of really repressed sort of passions and rage. Got a real stick up their ass. Yeah, got a real stick right up their ass. Yeah. Nine Maverick bars. No, <laughs> stay outside. Stay outside, stay out Pop. There. Pop, go outside. Um, so yeah, she she sees him and he basically says, well, "Why don't you uh, head off and prep for our trip to New York because we're going to a wine buying festival thing?" Yes, and then he goes back into his guests and they say, "Well, we're going to make you in seller of the year, <laughs> in seller of the year." We were just talking about how women have biologically smaller brains than men, and we mm. thought that you were the number one guy to represent our group. How exciting is that? How exciting is that? And then he's like, well, please, my friend, why don't you decant the wine? You decant the sherry or whatever. What was it? I think it's... it's, uh, Claret. Claret, yeah. That's right. Why don't you decant the claret? (laughs) You decant the claret. The Marino brothers. (laughs) What did you say? Nothing. Nothing. And then he says this this toast, which I'm going to start using. Yep. May our enemies never be as happy as we are in this moment. Yeah, and then they all go, why are you talking well, about enemies for? About? It's a nice moment. We were having a are you talking time. about women, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> all women. All women, yeah. They, <laughs> the reason they don't want to sleep with us is because they're deficient in every area. Yeah. Nothing to do with we, us. We are alphas, gentlemen, and women don't appreciate a real man's uh, alpha energy. Now let's cl- drink this beautiful, haunting glass of claret and jerk off together. And then kiss <laughs> each other. Oh, yes, and yeah. jerk off as and, well. And kiss a lot. Um, so then, but it's not gay. Not it's gay. a masculine bonding ritual. It's alpha male behavior. This is alpha behavior. I'll pat mm. you on the bottom, and then you put your tongue down my throat. Yeah, and you can, and we can alpha beat each other off. That's right. Then we'll go outside, and I'll get one of my very large, long, hard uh, power tools and chop up some logs, mm. and then you can put your finger up my ass <laughs> while you chop up logs. Yeah, that's right. It, okay. It's very dangerous, but that's part of the... I've gone, sorry, I've changed into Columbo. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's very dangerous, but it's part of the excitement. There you go, that's back to Adrian Cassini. They are enemies not have figures up their assholes while they chop <laughs> while up wood. running a chainsaw. Yeah, you're talking about enemies again. Who are you talking about? Yeah, what's going on? I killed my brother. What? I mean, I, I love my mother. I love my oh, mother. Oh, well, that's understandable. We all do. That's, yeah, yeah. What? How, how could we hate women? Our mum's one. 
Yeah, well, indeed, yeah. yeah. I can think of a woman who I don't hate, so therefore women yeah. have value. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, after the... The incels aside, we've, incels, we've only barely incels. just got through the incel sequence. No, we haven't got through the murder yet. We've done half an hour. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, yes, yeah, so he uh, takes his brother's body yep. down to the wine cellar. Really regretting his custom license plate shortly after oh. that says Carcini on the front and back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's not good. So he swips, switches off the air conditioning and he has that lovely little face of. Oh fuck! I've ruined all my wine. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I he doesn't realise that mm. until I I think that's a look of because I was tracing yeah. this because mm. I was later on going oh is it a bit of a a, a hole here a logical hole that mm. he doesn't mourn his wines mm. but I, then you realise it's not till Columbo tells him spoilers later that he realises what he's done or maybe he forgot in the sort of excitement or maybe it's a calculation moment I wonder if that is actually him going oh it's 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 spring it's cold or whenever it's meant to be set yeah it's like it's unquestioned you know it gets uncommonly hot we find he definitely that. So it's meant gives to be a, a look season. doesn't he though because he yeah, yeah he's and... he's weighing up the, the, the equation he, right he just jizzes in his pants maybe yeah he's 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 still got that guy's finger up his ass <laughs> <laughs> he's been he dragged goes, along oh. <laughs> or he's, he's blind like in the great escape and he's just figured yes. out he's found the pin that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so he turns off all the, the, the stuff, puts the body in the cellar, uh, puts like baskets on his head and arms. Now that's a bit I didn't understand on the first viewing, but mm. I assume it's just another way of sort of binding him. Is So he can't, he can't get the baskets off because they're sort mm. of tied to his head. So he can't see and he can't move. And he's or a he can't like case. get up or... Yeah, he's a basket case, yeah. exactly. Or maybe it soaks up stuff. 
stuff. Maybe it soaks up all his spit and. Well, I was going to say, like, later on we find out his stomach's empty, so he's pissed Mm. and shat himself a lot over the next week before he dies. Well, the next two days. Yeah. So, like, but there isn't one on his nethers, uh, perversely. There should have been one little wine bottle shaped (laughs) one on his knob. (laughs) Just like, you know, like 10 inches. Or or like a big wooden barrel (laughs) with a cork in the side, and and there's a tube going from his flies (laughs) to the big barrel. And the barrel could be attached to him via braces. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And he looks a bit like. He looks a bit like a steampunk. TikTok from Return to Us. <laughs> no, let's just forget the tube. He just yeah. puts him in one of those barrel that you wear when you're very poor. Yeah. Or to, to signify that you're very poor. Yeah. And he just fills it up to the brim with piss and shit <laughs> over the next two days until he dies fully voided in an incriminating way. But then his lungs will be full of piss and shit. I gotta, I gotta tell you. Uh, no, his head's above the, the oh, top of the right, barrel. Okay, he's right. just, he's, he's. Otherwise, how would the straps? John, mm. think about it. How would the straps go over Sorry, his shoulders? For God's stupid. sake, Sorry. you're being silly. Mm. Uh, and then Columbo says there was only one uh, problem uh, that made me worry about that this might not be uh, an accident. Um, he was wearing a barrel filled <laughs> to the brim with piss and shit. Uh, he often did that, Inspector. He was a very extravagant man. Yeah, okay. Sorry, it's just my boss wants me to tie up all these mm. loose ends. Well, please you know. reassure your supervisor that my stepbrother was a disgusting man. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm bad. My memory's bad, so i got to write everything down. Like to wear a barrel yes, filled with piss and shit. Two, Thank you. Two that's hours all in barrel, Inspector. Yeah, okay. I know you're Sorry. not inspector, you're a lieutenant. I'm, I, I've look, given you a promotion. There you go. <laughs> I'm not sure you're authorised to do that. Okay, piss and shits. Got that. Piss Thank you very shits. much. Yes, full stop. Anyway, tell me about wine. Uh, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a posh drink, really. Oh, okay. I don't understand. It's, um, uh, anyway, it, it tastes. So... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I got lost then. Uh, he puts he reverses Rick's car, his Ferrari, Porsche, Ferrari, whatever it is, yeah, into yeah, his garage, Ferrari, yeah. opens the boot, and then sees some scuba gear, and you get a mm-hmm. little. Bing. Mm. And this is sort of the, I was going to say, Columbo famously doesn't have a theme song, mm. but it almost has a theme sound. Yes. Which is that very, at the start anyway, the 70s ones, which is that very tight harpsichord yes. twang. You know, yes. it's like, ding, 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 like that. Mm. And it gives you sort of classic murder feel. Yeah. I've just come up with an idea, he thinks. So then yeah. we cut to a plane where there's a woman playing electric piano. That's right. So the wine, the wine lads, obviously, the, the wine, wine incels yeah. are absolutely transfixed to have seen a woman in in real. I didn't think they were real. And the captain has to come out and say, uh, "Sorry, gentlemen, could you uh, leave that woman alone? She's uh, mm. she's playing the Hammond engine of the plane, <laughs> keeping it uh, aloft. So if, you, if she stops, if she stops playing that Hammond organ for even five seconds, the plane will plummet out of the sky. Someone so please stop out, distracting. Someone comes out with a stick of dynamite and says, "Take this piano to green sleeves." <laughs> That's a different Columbo mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Murder in the key of death. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's no wonder terrorism spiked in the 70s with people playing <laughs> electric right, pianos yeah. on planes. Yeah, all you had to do is distract a woman playing a Hammond organ and the plane would plummet into the middle of Greenland. It was terrible. God, that's awful. 
Oh. Uh, it's no wonder Hammond. Um... Did you know that all hmm. major commercial vehicles were powered by women playing Hammond organs until no 1995? I had no idea. It's, it's a shame because we've lost that technology now, but it was completely green energy. Oh. You just had to keep the woman fed and watered and, you know, and it had to be inspired a woman, right? musically. Oh, no, yeah, it had to be a sort of dolly bird in sort of high, high, high knee high boots oh. and um, making eyes at wine incels. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, it's yeah. working with them because they bloody love it. They're absolutely mesmerised, aren't they? And they sit down on the plane. Adrian sits next to Karen and says, would you send a letter to my brother Rick in uh, Acapulco where he's getting married? Could you tell him I've always been his best friend, I love him, he's great. And I think Rick is fantastic. Despite everything mm. I've ever said, I think he's wonderful. Mm. And tell him that, please. And that I love him so much and I'd never hurt him ever in any way. Yeah. And then if he does turn up dead, nothing to do with me. I'm here. No, obviously. And and I hope he doesn't turn up dead from one of his many, I repeat, many extreme sporting hobbies. And then she goes, "Uh, is that all you want to do? And he looks out the window and goes, oh, look, Rick's just gone past on a hang glider wearing a scuba suit. (laughs) I hope he's all right. Rick's Rick's on another plane next to us, distracting the Hammond organ player. Oh, an idiot. Oh, it's plummeting towards the ground. Take a note of that, please, Karen. Penis, Karen. <laughs> that's, and everyone knows that's the kill switch on mm. the Hammond engine. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all you find in the block, black box is chopsticks. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> real <laughs> chopsticks. <laughs> but that's a well known avi- uh, aviation code. Yeah. For uh, Mayday. Mayday. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she's like, okay, fine. And then they go to an auction mm-hmm. uh, where there's a bottle of wine. That's uh, that was bottled the very year that California was annexed. Yes, to be part of America. Yeah. Yeah, and she says, "Do you really need that wine, Mister Carcini?" He says, "No one needs a five thousand dollar bottle of no wine, one needs Karen. A five thousand dollar bottle I just of wine. Don't want anyone else to have it." Yes, another another line delivery for the ages, and it sums up such a lot about the character and about the collector mentality. Yeah. I uh, I was thinking about this, and he's sort of on a bit. He's he's kind of riding high in a way, isn't he? He's he's a bit mm. tense because yeah. he's concealing. Like, as she says later, you weren't yourself. But there are also times when he's incredibly jolly. I think he keeps remembering he doesn't have to worry about his brother yes. owning his land anymore. Yeah, there's a little bit and of mania there, isn't there? That's it. Yeah, mm. and yeah, maybe that as well, like yeah. a sort of manic sort of excitement that he's done this awful thing. Mm. And uh, so he's he's on a bit of a spending spree, celebrating almost. And he's like, and and all I could think was, if I found that I got a bit overexcited and spent five thousand dollars on a bottle of wine, even twenty twenty three US dollars, mm. uh, I think I'd probably just instantly kill myself. Yeah. Well, what I do like though is when he has the bottle of wine afterwards, mm. it's wrapped up in such a shape that it looks like a big willy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. His mm. his big his big hard himself. He's just wagging it around on the plane, going, "Look at me! I've got a big willy." Karen, look at this. Karen, look. Imagine <laughs> if this was a big penis, Karen. Karen. Imagine look. if your feeble brain could imagine this penis. Imagine your brains probably can't imagine that because it's less powerful than my alpha brain. But imagine if this was a large human penis uh, waving around. What I did think was when mm. he's got that big bundle in his that that wrapped up bundle on his lap. I, mm. I thought, what if he opens it at the other end of the flight and it's just a human baby? Oh, that'd be amazing! I got the wrong wrapped up uh, bundle. Karen, I picked up the wrong parcel. Could you return this baby? <laughs> <laughs> Whose baby is it, Mister Carcini? It's crying, Karen. I don't care. Just return it to whatever it came <laughs> return from. Return it. I don't. I doubt that it's filled with any sort of delicious wine. It's it's no good that I own a baby, Karen. It's just good that someone else owns it, please. <laughs> Thank you. All I care, I don't want this baby. All I care is that I don't have it. It's nappy is full of liquid filth, Karen. 
Yeah, like my brother, as you know, he enjoys being in a big barrel. My brother, of course, would have loved to have had a baby like this one, but uh, he—I mean, I mean—he would still love to have a baby. He's probably got one in Acapulco now, Karen. He's there now, happy with his five thousand dollars that I'm about to send to him. What a happy life he's having, Karen. What a wonderful time with his wife, who I approve of and yeah, endorse. I love her, the new one. Didn't anyway, like one. take this non-wine object mm. and. Take it back to its non-wine mother. Bring me back the wine that looked like a big willy that pleased me. I believe there's a single housewife in Tuscaloosa currently uh, nursemaiding a bottle of wine. (laughs) Uh, If you can find her, then you can probably suggest that there's been a mistake. She's probably winding a bottle of wine, Karen. Yeah, then if she wins it too hard, the cork will fly out the end and that will damage the vintage. So make sure you get to her as quickly as possible, Karen. Back in L.A., um, Mrs. The would-be Mrs. Carsini, so yes. Rick's fiance, she comes to the police station to say that Rick right. never arrived in Acapulco. Ah, and Columbo's man in the front desk for some reason. Well, I think he's in his office, right? Because he's he? he tries to say oh. no, go up to missing persons, and we see Columbo's precinct, which is very rare. Yeah, very rare. Yeah, you never see Columbo's sort of home ground. You only see mm. him out and about, and so this is quite a, a rare thing. And he says, you know. Go talk to the useless asshole up in uh, Missing Persons. When he does this He's line that I really like. He's a thousand like. years old. He yeah. says, go see Captain Marvin Krasinski in Missing Persons. He's a very capable fellow, but he's a little hard of hearing in his right ear, so try and stand to the right. Yeah. Or left, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah, try and stand to his left. Yeah, great. Yeah, you're going to want to stand to his left. Also, and he breaks nice. wind something awful. He breaks wind something awful. Yeah. And he has a wanker with a pot noodle. That's a gut. <laughs> oh, no. no. Pop, get out How of here. many missing persons? How many bottles of wine? <laughs> Nine five thousand bottles of wine from the year California the was annexed. Nine thousand bottles of wine. You <laughs> throw one out because you turned the filter off. No, anyway, um, <laughs> so so Adrian flies home. Uh, oh, we talked about the giant Willy. Uh, yep. He comes ready to complete his cunning plan. So he, what he's going to do is going to get Rick into a wetsuit that we saw mm-hmm. earlier in the boot. He then gets him in the Ferrari. He puts a That's little. That's the point. He changed his clothes, doesn't he? So presumably yeah. all the piss and shits get all cleaned off at a time off. we don't see. He gets his like Bickerton type bike. Yes, his Brompton. Bickerton, yeah, Bickerton, Bickerton. Uh, and he puts it in the boot, and yep. he drives him out, and then just chucks, tosses him off the cliff, as it were. Tosses him off, yeah, yeah, um, to make it look like a, dr- a diving accident. Yeah, and uh, apparently and it works because the doctor, who looks like he's from the film Greasy Strangler. Yes, yes. He looks like a lead gentleman character, actually. You can imagine he really Steve does. He looks like Donald Pleasance in disguise, <laughs> I thought. He's and sounds a bit like him as well. Big, long black mullet, a big, dirty black moustache. <laughs> he looks like... Oh, uh, is it Neil Hamburger? Who's the yeah, Canadian I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. of? Yeah, he does. With his, or Angelos Epithema with his scraped yeah. down hair. He looks disgusting. He looks gross, yeah. If he came up to you and said, I found a dead body, I'd go, are you it? Yeah, did, did you look it, gross? was it you? Yeah. You did it. <laughs> But he basically they found they found Rick and Columbo sort of milling around and I don't know why. Well, it's it's a good point. I suppose that he it's it's possible that finding this body it could be a murder. Hmm. But then they fish out the body and it, they go, oh, it's probably an accident. But Columbo's already there, so. But Columbo's already figured something out though, hasn't he? Which he has. So, I love what I love about Columbo is that. He'll see something insignificant at the beginning and it becomes yeah. a huge deal at the end. And yeah. This is one of those instances because he takes a quick look at the Ferrari and sees that the top's down. Mm. Lovely scene with him and the cop as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Cost a year's salary. Oh, easy. Mm. And then he says, uh, do you want a light for that? No, 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 no. 
No, oh, no, I just chew them these days. <laughs> so yeah, and and then they say to him, "How how old do you think he is?" And he goes, "The the, the doctor, the disgusting doctor, says what twenty nine yeah. in a couple of weeks or something like that." And you're like, "Fuck off, is he twenty nine? Yeah. Uh, but he says, "I know who he is. It's uh, it's Rick Cassini." And Columbo's like, "Oh, oh, oh he's he's a missing missing person." So he goes to see um, his, uh, Rick's fiance and tells her that he's mm-hmm. they're dancing to some hippie dance organ music. The scenes at those cafe tables are absolutely wild, mm. aren't they? Mm. People jiving and jitterbugging around in yeah. bikinis and swimming shorts, and phew, oh, that like, party's absolutely off the chain. It looks like the background of an Elvis movie. Yeah, absolutely, mm. yeah. but but in the foreground, uh, yeah. uncommonly, yeah. yeah. Like Elvis is like a mile away in the background, and the director's gone. Ah, oh, fuck! I've got it the wrong way round. The party gets any more crazy, a cotillion's going to break out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he he tells them the bad news, and all are upset. But we get some bit of a juicy thing here that Rick and Adrian didn't get on because Rick was going to sell the winery. Yes, that's right. So knowing Columbo, you know already he's like, well, Adrian did it then. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so then uh, he goes to. The bar, and oh, then we get this bizarre, a wonderful, yeah. wonderful scene. <laughs> the news report is basically an episode of This Is Your Life. They talk mm-hmm. about, but there's this guy next to him, just like constantly talking, Bothering and annoying him. him, and he has to keep putting his hand up, like shut up. <laughs> and then sorry, would you mind if I? I'm trying to. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I was just telling you about how women have got smaller brains. Would you? Would Could you, you please? I'm trying, to, and it is the same. Wine and cellars in the first thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, I think I love this scene. It's very, very funny. Mm. But also, I just really, I think what it's there to do is to say, you've seen what Carcini's drinking environs tend to be like. Yeah. These are Columbo's. Yeah, exactly. A shitty dive bar being yeah. hassled by a random drunk <laughs> random, trying very... to watch the tiny TV in the corner. It's so funny. And then he um, starts asking anybody because he, he has this thing in his brain about the weather what the weather yeah. was like that day. Also, we find out that the doctor on the news says that Rick banged his head and died of suffocation six days ago. Six days ago. So then Columbus is already thinking, like, but the top was down on the car. What was the weather like? Yeah. Did it rain? So he asks everybody in the bar, no one knows. He rings the weather bureau and the LA Chronicle, but they're both closed. Yep. And he's just no further with this. So then he goes on the wine tour. Yeah. And we find out that they don't make champagne. Why? Because Adrian doesn't like it. He's a snob, Tom. He's a, snob. He's a, he's a bloody snob. He's, mm. he's an absolute fanatic. Oh. And only fanatics work on Sundays. That's right. But that talking of which, we, we meet this cleaner who's like, oh, I loved Mr. Rick. He was so great. But uh, but Adrian wouldn't let us close out of respect. He says that Rick would have wanted him to work today. Uh. Yep. So again, another thing of what? Yeah, what? No, he... What? What? Yeah. So then Columbo calls regarding the weather and then calls the widow uh, and and she tells him he loved that car more than anything. Mm. So he's thinking, why would he leave the top down? He wouldn't have left the top down if it was going to rain. So it's not going away, this car thing. So then he goes to see Adrian, who is wearing the most amazing tie I've ever seen. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes, I mean, stunning. non-ironically, it's such a nice tie. Yeah, no, really nice mm. tie. <laughs> um, dresses and- quite well. For a ludicrous sort of pompous uh, snob, he, he dresses quite well. Yeah. And uh, he's also got a great pleasant look. He's got the mm. sort of, um, obviously, the, the bald, bald head, mm. slightly grown out on the sides, with mm. little chops on the side, Lovely and they suit chops. him quite well. Mm. And he's got these rather fetching glasses on in this scene as well. 
Mm. He, he could definitely like host a mid nineties ironic Saturday Night Fever type Channel Five show in that game. Yes, mm. yes. So sort of spoof that'd be him good. Him and Paul Ross. Him and Paul Ross. Yeah, yeah perfect. perfect. And uh, it would be called uh, Disco Perverso. Oh, I love it. Or something like that. I'd watch that every week. Yeah, <clears throat> I think you would. But Columbo's goes to light his cigar up and he's like, oh, do not smoke the, the fumes. Oh, Ruin the taste of the book. wine. Yep. And if I was Columbo, I'd go, oh, will you shut up about wine? I yeah. know you 10 minutes. That's all you talk about. For God's sake, I'm trying to <laughs> talk to you about your brother being fucking dead. Your brother's a fucking stiff and all you're talking about is fucking wine. Um, it's sometime around <laughs> here where Carcini says Seven Glorious Days in Fun City, which is going to be the title of my next album. That's an amazing phrase, isn't it? Mm, really oh. amazing. He also says, um, I'm, I'm not shocked about Rick's death. I'm not too bothered, actually. I'm amazed that he lived as long as he did. Because mm. he was into all sorts of extreme perversions, Lieutenant. Extreme pervert. He was yeah. a regularist, fixy-wank man. Yeah, he was he often bungee jump and wank off. That sometimes, and he was very forgetful. He'd keep saying, "You won't believe it, Adrian. I almost forgot my bungee cord again. Mm, always, or my parachute, or my scuba tanks." I did read, Lieutenant, that he was getting into a sport called banging your head on a rocks while scuba diving. Uh, yeah, yeah extreme scuba diving. Yeah. He 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 loved uh, diving, and he also loved uh, you know, high high diving, and he also loved rock pool exploration. But he would confuse the two of them quite often. Now I come to think of it, Lieutenant, he was a man who clearly wanted to kill himself. Mm. Yeah. He he was, in many ways, a doctor once said to me, he had the thinnest skull of any man, and that he must never go near a hard surface mm. uh, ever, otherwise he would die. That's right. And Colombo says, would you shut up about wine, for yeah, God's sake? for fuck's sake. Uh, and then Colombo says um, <clears throat> he thinks Adrian was the last to see him alive. Mm. And uh, he he goes, oh well, uh, are you sure about that, detective? I'll get Karen in. Karen, can you come in, please? Karen, what day did we go to New York? She's like, oh, it was that day that your brother died. He's like, oh well, as you can see, you know, I was in New York, so nothing to do with me. Yeah. So Columbus says, would you mind if I come back, sir? Because I'd like to, I'd love to learn more about wine. I'd like to learn more. I'd like to hear you bollock on about wine yeah. a bit more. And then he gets he gets a call from the medical examiners, who said that Rick hadn't eaten two day, for two days before he died. Two days, yeah. hence the piss and shits. Now, shit. also, Colombo, um, he always has someone call him at the victim's place, and he sets that up before he goes there for the first time. Yeah, is this a sort of running gag of an intimidation tactic by Colombo, or is it just that you have to do that because it's the seventies? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, watching him close together, you realise every single time, it's almost like a signal to the viewer, yeah. this is who Columbo thinks did it. Yeah. Because it's, it's only at the, the house of the person who he's basically gone to put the screws on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then he goes to see the wine the wine gums, the in yep. cellars. The wine cells, yeah. Yep, yep. the wine cells. <laughs> that is Win, Wind cells. Wind cells. Yeah. Uh, they say that, you know what, Adrian was in the room the whole time. Actually, no, he did leave the room for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he went yeah. to get the claret, and he let me decant it. And Columbo's like, "Well, he did what? He did what? What?" 
Yes, and um, did you know that women are useless, Lieutenant? Yeah, women, women, women uh, feminism is, is mm. just women being jealous of men being so great. Yeah, did you know that? I, I, yeah, I, did, I, I, I hadn't heard that, sir, uh, but I'll, I'll have to take a look into that. So then he goes to speak to Commandant Lassard. Yep. Who works in a wine shop. Many, yep. many fine wines here to take to <laughs> many, many wines. That's right. But he's doing a low, a low, isn't he, Lassard? He's yeah, like, oh, I know lots about the wine, Lieutenant, but I have not got the time to tell you. Yeah, uh, good morning. Mm. Uh, I, was... I hear you went to whore about wounds. <laughs> the, 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 I hear about the poor Voctim. I do hope he was not shit. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir. He was shit in the head. Uh, oh, 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 no, shot. Yes, I understand. Uh, good, good. I believe it was a minky who did it. <laughs> Or maybe a bim. Uh, a, a what, sir? A bim. A, a bim b- exploded. Oh, an uh, uh, exploding bomb. I understand. Okay. But he says what a, to him, What a mistake to make. <laughs> he says to him, I can tell you about wine, but it'll take fucking days. And he goes, yeah. oh, Give me a, I got an hour and a half. <laughs> and I can tell you about many, many wines. And he's being flated under the desk, etc. Yep, 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 uh, yep. He then goes back to Adrian and then just sort of wows him with his wine knowledge. Adrian's yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Even though it's a little trick, it's a little oh. parlor trick that he pulls, but it still shows a bit of you know deduction and knowledge. And then he says, uh, "Do you reckon you could show me your wine cellar?" And he yeah, goes, yeah, of course. So we go down to the and the there's wine. a lovely little moment of panic traced mm. across Pleasance's face, which is. Yes, you can yeah. see the wine cellar because there's nothing left in it that would be incriminating. And then we find out um, that the wine lad... Sorry, <clears throat> we find out that he gave the wine lads a very expensive wine and allowed them mm. to decant it, which is out of character. And he also mentions he character. knew he'd be man of the year. So Columbo's desperate to find out whether someone... He asks, could someone get locked in here? Yeah. Would they Have be able trapped to get out? in here? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, detective, it's, it's very simple. It's just this thing called a door. <laughs> and he goes, look, I'll step out and see if you can get out. And then It's quite on. a gamble from Columbo. I mean, it works, Huge but, you gamble. know, it's like, I, I don't know how. So we've come into the room. Mm. How if somebody wanted to leave the room, could they do that? Well, and I like, just double down on that worry until he demonstrates how doors work. It's funny you should say that, detective, because there's this, this huge rock thing this. here with a handle on it called a door. You could call just open door. that. An incredibly thick door. Yeah. A very thick door. It's like one of those comedy doors that like a, a homunculus might run through in a carry-on yeah. movie. Yeah, or, mm. or sort of like in The Man With Two Brains. Yes. When, um, when the walls are made of paper. Yes, right. It's just a simple <laughs> condo. It's a condo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and R.I.P. Earl Bowen, speaking Aww. of uh, the man with two brains. Very sad to lose. They're just saying, They're just saying, Yeah, R.I.P. Earl Bowen, miss you. It's you, Merv Griffin. Anyway, moving back to one decade earlier. I just like killing people. I just love to kill. Back to the 70s, anyway. You must make sure you give yourself in. I will. <laughs> um, I will, don't worry. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so he, it turns out you can't get locked in there. It's very easy. Very easy. You just push it. You just push it, don't you? I do want to know. We we know that Colum- I mean, spoiler alert. We know Colombo takes something at this. Takes point. a wine. Yeah. I I looked again. There's nothing in his pockets. So where's he put that? Well, he's got a huge Mac, right? So you yeah. think? I I reckon Colombo is. He's more like Batman than you imagine. Mm. Like he's got a sort of utility belt somewhere in that coat. That makes sense. And he's also got some sort of shoplifter pockets hidden around it i reckon and he's he's pocketed a wine which of course i think in in life well he gets a confession later spoilers mm. but um that would invalidate this entire case he's building against Carsini. We, we now know yeah 
But he talks about how it rained on the day uh, mm. that was scuba diving, and the Rick's treasured Ferrari was yeah, left with the top so much. down. And and also he says uh, that, that was, there was there wasn't even a watermark, sir. So how could that be? Yeah. At which point Cassini should go. It's very simple, Inspector. The car was left out. The, the, it rained and then it dried. Well, that's true. I suppose, mm. but presumably he's talking about the the finish being spoiled by yeah. rain drying on it or it's whatever. Very simple, there were no Inspector. watermarks, sir. A, also, a, a tramp we know that. On it. That's. <laughs> We know, we know that there's um, there's thick shag carpet on the floor of the car. Yeah, it's like ankle deep or whatever the cop says. Yes, right. And yeah, yeah. and so like that being would be soaked for days. That's right? true. So That's surely true. just just push your hand on that, and if it's dry, then yeah. you know that car wasn't in the rain. That's the point. They should have mentioned that more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, because the because. Uh, uh, Adrian asks when his brother's body is going to be released and he goes oh well the body won't be released because we've got this query about the car mm. so then Adrian gives Karen a lift yes and I imagine that their relationship's very much like Alan Partridge and Lynn isn't it very like he's, that yeah. you know he's taking her to the cab rank not all the way home yeah <laughs> I'll leave you here you'll be okay to get you can a cab take the, the cab way. home and your mother can pay for the taxi <laughs> um, so he says she, do you suspect okay, me, Okay, I'll wait Karen? here for you for no more than 10 minutes. I'm trying to lighten the mood, Karen, by doing a funny Nazi. Go and pay your respects. Go pay your respects. I'm going to put on Return of the Saint. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, butter my ass. I've forgotten the spy who loved me. Oh, this is great. Alan Partridge, in character as Alan Partridge, is oh. a great Colombo murderer. Oh, amazing. Absolutely How could that be? <laughs> Absolutely. And he's incredible. killed Lynn, finally. Oh, my he's God. finally killed Lynn. <laughs> uh, that just makes me think of the bit in the film where Michael jumps off the pier to distract Pat <laughs> oh, yeah. and then at the end it says they look for him for 40 minutes didn't find him <laughs> <laughs> that's the end yeah. end of Michael Yeah. Uh, anyway uh, so uh, he says do you suspect me Karen she says I don't she's so, lying Yeah. so they're going to meet Columbo for dinner at the poshest restaurant in the world the uh, red wine steward or the white wine exactly. steward. Exactly, imagine and that. Columbo goes, stewards. Oh. Yeah. And I like that the old wine people in the old days, they'd have yeah. the uh, chain with the things on them. Mm. Like they're the yeah. mayor of wine. The mayor of wine town, yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, so Adrian comes in and he's like, a table by the kitchen. This uh, will not no, do. No, 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 and then no. the maitre d' mm. claps his hands and then goes... Mm. Does a kissy kissy gesture is the waiter who I assume is his husband. I absolutely love these two. There you go. Absolutely yeah. love them for a bit coming up in a minute. Kurt Vonnegut and Serge Gansborg. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> um, so then Adrian again is more impressed with Colombo's wine knowledge because he ordered lots of different wines for the meal. Yes. To complement the food. And some of them he hadn't even thought of himself. Yeah, he would so have he been surprised. The, thanks, Commandant Lassard. <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> Um, so, it, but then Columbo goes. You know what? I'm going to order an after-dinner drink. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a, a little tipple, a little tipple, uh, and he asks for a Ferrier vintage port. Yes, from 1945, which is the same one Adrian showed him in the cellar, which is a bit of a coincidence. But you know, so yeah, then whatever. Yeah, he brings it out, and they're all like, "Oh, this is lovely." But then Adrian has a little sip, and he says, yep. "This is dreadful. This is dreadful. This is dreadful." I love Pleasance's build up to that though. Mm. I really love he stops Karen from having a cigarette. He he's like he's almost trembling with excitement yeah. about it. and you and it really sells the idea. Because the way he reacts, you go, 
oh, it must taste like vinegar. But the others are just like, yeah, it's delicious. There's lots of body, you know, it's very tasty. And and he's disgusted. And yeah. I think it's it's in the performance again. I mean, this is throughout the entire episode, but you, it's really that sense of he cares so much about this. He's genuinely so excited mm. that even though it's gone slightly oxidized, even mm. slightly, mm. he's noticed it so much that he throws a massive tantrum and incriminates himself. Well, he does. He says, you've subjected this port to a temperature in excess of 150 degrees. Such mm. disdain cannot and must not be tolerated. Oh. And, and then and then for a meal that, you know, in probably twenty twenty three money would have cost a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna guess they write off the cost immediately because yeah. they've destroyed the lovely wine. Because he says an exciting meal has been ruined by the presence of this liquid filth. I like that he calls it an exciting meal. I do as well. If I was Clumber, I'd be like, Oh, thanks very much. Oh, thanks, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So the maitre d' says, oh, well, of course, you will not pay for the meal, sir. Yeah, but please leave. And Clumber's like, are you sure? What is, I was about friends, to what bankrupt is $3,000? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank Christ. And then he shoves like $50 in his hand uh, <laughs> as he leaves he to say, say thanks to for that. He does say as well, like, uh, I should remember that. That's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what I love most is when they leave, the maitre d' and the uh, waiter both take a sip of the port and go, both at the same time go... I enjoy that. They do the wine thing. Mm. Now, there's a big thing in the 70s about how wine guys are the worst guys. Mm. Mm. And there's also a Tales of the Unexpected, which I loved, uh, called Taste, which Mm. stars Ron Moody as the worst wine guy. Ah. He's like a kind of groomer, you know, pervert sort of paedophile type Mm. who's who does the most obnoxious. And I think it's that they make such perfect villains because they're snobby. They're weirdly obsessed with a very niche and expensive sort of pretentious thing. Mm. And doing, you know, indulging in their hobby involves them going. <laughs> and it's like, it's just horrible to witness. And it's so ludicrous yeah. <laughs> to watch. Well, because this eight, is very nice. In These the 80s, everyone was obsessed nice. with wine people spitting out wine, weren't they? Yeah, that that's right into a spittoon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You'd get there's none like, of in this. You can tell it's the 70s because no, exactly. there's no, no spittoons anywhere. You'd get someone like one of the men behaving lads turning up and going, Why are you spitting out the wine? You should drink You'd it. bloody drink it. Yeah. And then picking up one of the spittoons and swilling yeah. it around a bit and then knocking it back. Uh, anyway, so they get outside and Columbo again says, You know what? This it reminds, it reminds me of that hot day LA had mm. uh, when you were in Nork. 109 degrees it hit in the shade. That's right. And then Pleasance then realizes. He's absolutely fucked all his best wines. Yeah, yeah. And which is such a beautiful bit of yeah. pyrrhic, you know. Um, well, it's not pyrrhic because it's not a victory. Mm. It's, it's that moment of just like his hubris. That's it. Yeah. Like that kind of moment of realizing, oh, I not only am I not going to get away with this, probably. Or mm. no, he thinks he has at that point. But he's he like, thinks he has. I think I've just scraped through this just barely, even though my secretary's now going to blackmail me into marrying her. I was going to say because uh, what compounds <laughs> that is then Columbo goes, oh, and thanks, thank you, Karen, for. Confirming you'd seen Rick drive away. Yeah, yeah, very good. Good to, good to know for sure that that's. Uh, yeah, he he in, enables that. Oh, yeah. what, what a Machiavellian little genius! Oh, is. It's so good. It's so good. So they, even though he thinks that English people like to drink warm beer, like everyone does. seems to believe, is this like a real ale thing? I've never really understood this I think it might idea. Be. I blame the Canberra lads. The Canberra fucking the Canberra like, lads and the and the, the fucking wind cells they have a punch bloody... up in the park. Oh god, it's like yeah. that bit from Anchorman. One of them's dressed as the hobgoblin goblin yeah. from the posters. Mm. What's the matter, Lager boy? Worried you might taste something. Yeah, he just says that over and over again. To I the say wine these guys. people are perfectly foul. Yeah, <laughs> spits wine and sets fire to it. And so if that's the if that's the wine guy, yeah, that's right. <sighs> if that's the wine guys, I reckon all the beer guys have Cornish accents. Of course, and those yeah. little um. 
Get those bloody wine perverts. And those little knotted hanky around the neck. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like sort of Dexy's Midnight Runners, basically, exactly, is what yeah. we're describing. Yeah, or yeah. the Wurzels. The Wurzels, yeah, yeah, them too. Anyway, uh, Adrian in the car with Karen. Yeah. I'll just drop you at the cab rack again, Karen. <laughs> he says, um, why did you lie, Karen? Uh, he says, uh, are you trying to have a hold over me? And she says, well, I was hoping that I'd be more than an employee. And he says, you were never anything but an employee. Yeah. She says, not anymore. I'm your partner now. I yeah, want now more. we're partners. Yeah. She says, I want to be your wife. And he's like, yeah. what? Oh, hello. No. <laughs> he says, blah, 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 blah. Says, like every incel confronted with the possibility of an actual relationship yeah, with a human like, woman, I'll be immediately thrown out terrified. of the wind cells. I'll be thrown out of the wind cells. They'll never tolerate this from their man of the year. Man of the year having a wife? No, 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 no Karen. No. no, you will, you will work for me, Karen, and you'll fetch wine for me, Karen. And, That's and, right. But we'll never be married. Karen, we'll never no. be married. It, because if we are, they'll never let me go to their woodland uh, timber yard bum parties. <laughs> With our alpha volume three, volume three. <laughs> the tricky one the, to round off the it's trilogy. Like, it's like one of those. Um, at the end of e- Toy Story three. I won't yeah. need these wood chopping things anymore. I'm going to college. <laughs> it sounds like one of those. Um, what's the name of that guy that publishes the e-books that are like erotic? And it's oh, like you're slammed in, slammed in the butt by a wine incel. I've forgotten his name, which is annoying. But yeah, I know oh, who yeah. you mean. Yeah. You'll be screaming at your phones now, yeah. and uh, I don't really care. So no. it's fine. In fact, everyone listening to this who knows the answer to this, scream that guy's name to yourself now. Thanks for go. telling us. Much Thank appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so he drops her home, and then... We next see him, and he's, he he goes down to his cellar with a big basket, and he's just going to get rid of all of his wine. Yeah, he's he does it in the most stupid way. Why would you yeah. chuck him in the sea? Well, it's like <laughs> I think it's almost like saying goodbye to a lover or something. Yeah. Like he's, you know, but well, also, just wash up. We know that this is how he gets rid of things that are causing him True. trouble. He throws them in that bit of sea. Fucking stings down there going, hey, man, you nearly hit me on the head. But you've given me an idea head. for a fucking song, like. <laughs> um, but then, it's called Fields of Gold. Oh, I love it. Uh, he gets back, and one of my favourite shots in Colombo is just Colombo perched on the tail lift of his oh, yeah. station wagon, yeah, with all the wine around him. Yeah, oh. just sitting in the middle of all the bloody evidence. They were all spoiled, weren't they, sure? All spoiled, weren't they? Oh. And he's sort of sad, but he's genuinely sad about it. Well, that's the thing about this episode is that you, you get the old one now and then, but this one, it's almost like he, he absolutely adores the murderer. He really likes mm. him. And um, I think the key to it is like Joan. The reason he's he's keen to investigate it is Joan seems nice. Mm. The Rick's wife to be, yeah, seems nice. Rick is an arsehole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. he's you know obviously not to say he deserves to die or people no. who are you know irresponsible dicks like that deserve mm. to die. But you know he's this other guy's entire sense of happiness and self worth is tied up in this other guy who's the worst possible guy yeah. to have that responsibility put on him. And I think he's going. You know, you're going to jail, but I get why you did this. And, you know, and, and it's sad to see him losing this this real, genuine, like beautiful passion. The only thing he loves in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That and putting fingers up the bum while you're chopping wood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a side thing. That's just so he can keep his standing in the windsell, uh, right. American society of windsells. What's that? Our man of the year, a murderer? No, no, no. No, 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 that wouldn't do. Did it uh, murdered a man? No, 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 no. 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 That How many do it men? 
I'm at one. One. One man. Bob um, is, of course, the uh, chair of the American Society of Incels. He's the, the grand moose. He's the grand, grand elk of the, the Wincel Lodge. <laughs> uh, then Columbo says to him, it was the heat wave that did it, sir. 109 degrees. 109 degrees. So then he reveals what we all knew is that he stole that port and that all the maitre mm. d' and the waiter were in on it. They were all in on it. So I'm guessing the police probably paid for the meal. Ultimately. Well, the price appears to have... I mean, yeah, I guess so, because if, if they were in on it and they knew... They wouldn't actually waive the cost of the meal, right? If of If they not. knew that if it was set it. up that way. Hmm. And it's also, they'll, they'll then know that Carsini's going to go to jail, so that they're not even losing a valued customer because he's going to be in prison anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, LAPD, very... Well, it's like when you hear the sorts of stuff that people who run dodgy undercover operations mm. pay for anyway. You know, also like, called no, I, Sting. No, I need, I need this £20,000 Ferrari. Mm. <laughs> I need to drive that around. Like Beverly Hills Cop 2, you mean? Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 2. That's right. Deep, deep, deep undercover. Deep undercover. Um, but then uh, Adrian says, ironic, really. I'm the one of the few men in the world who could have told you the wine was overheated. Yeah. He's like, yeah. It's Beautiful. pretty I- ironic. Irony, pretty ironic at times. Pretty ironic. So, yeah, Adrian's like, yeah, I did it. And then he says, I'm quite glad weight off my mind because Karen was turning the thumb screws. She's a real Iron Maiden. Mm. And he's like, run for the hills, sir. Run for the hills. Columbo tipping his hat that he's uh, considering joining the American Society of Winsells. Yeah. No, that's not fair. No. no, yeah, it's it's a real, it's a wonderful wrapping up scene. The nicest thing in it for me is just the very end, is mm. the very the very last exchange. He's like, you learn very well, Lieutenant. Thank you, sir. That's, that's the, nicest. the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> and that says oh, a lot, no. I think, about the character of Columbo in a very subtle way, because I think one, something that's so nice about Columbo is it, so much of him is a front. Because mm. it's, um, yeah, what is it? I saw, oh yeah, it's his grandfather was the, the tail gunner on a, on a bootlegging on a, van. On a bootlegging yeah. car, yeah. Mm. So he's got, you know, so my first thought was, oh, Columbo's got criminal history in his family. And I thought, yeah, if you believe anything Columbo says about his exactly. family. Exactly. He's, he's an unreliable narrator. That's it. And I think what you, what you relish in these stories is moments when this guy who, you know, to a Sherlock Holmesian level, mm. is good at concealing his true thoughts and feelings, yeah. you know, when he's in the middle of an investigation. Those moments when you see the actual real him. Mm. And sometimes that's a lot, like when you just see him dealing with any ordinary person work a day person like the car the cop looking at the ferrari at the start of the story uh, or if he's just you know talking to a receptionist talking to a shopkeeper you know someone who you know has no skin in the game you get this glimp these glimpses of just a uh, this quite this pretty respectful nice humble guy yeah but who's got that intelligence to him and then but the so the majority of the time you're seeing the oh gee i don't know in the front of him mm. and it's never quite so often it isn't clear how much of that's the real him yeah but at the end here he's he's got the guy the guy's going to confess he's got nothing left to conceal so you get this moment of total genuineness between the two of them as they drink that bottle of wine the uh, monte fiasconi dessert that's wine. it yeah, yeah italian wine again uh and uh, just before he sends him down the river i suppose freedom is purely relative ah. love it uh, they Beautiful. drink a toast um you know which is lovely that he's bought a murderer a drink it's like yeah with peter Sutcliffe, they gave him a hot dog or something yeah that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. No, um, there we go. That's the end of Any Port in a Storm, Tom. Mm. So, just one more thing. Sad that it's over. My, just one more thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. My wife's uncle is a. No, sorry. <clears throat> just one more thing. Yeah. My wife just loves television. Right. 
What's your favourite and least favourite Colombo episodes? Well, thanks, Lieutenant John Rain. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I, I think it might be this one. Mm. or it might be I was sort of looking through them and the trouble is they're all so good and mm. they're all so good in, in sort of both similar and different ways and, and so much of what's good about them is dictated by each each murderer casting yeah. basically yeah. looking through them one that stood out to me was, was Stitch in Crime mm. with Leonard Nimoy it's great partly Nimoy's fantastic and it's really yeah. nice to see him playing someone quite sinister and very walled off I mean you know so oh. is Spock that's Nimoy's thing but yeah, yeah. he's you know he's there's something it's nice to see him play somebody who's a real piece of shit yeah. <laughs> and he's great in it Absolutely. and also the mystery itself is is really good in that mm. one i think it's a really nice uh creepy sinister scheming murder mm. and it's one of the few where you see colombo get angry with the killer yeah. which is quite exciting oh, to God. see yeah uh and from the later episodes um i'm going to say agenda for murder with uh, which is a patrick McGowan one which I would have maybe been a second choice for which one we should cover today, hmm. because uh, that's it's Patrick McGowan as a, a blackmailing lawyer, who's sort of got he's got his hooks into a presidential candidate, and uh, and the reason I would have wanted to pick that one is because it inspired the Patrick McGowan impression in in that Crowley Time sketch I mentioned before. Fantastic. Where he says, oh, "Detective, what are you doing in my office?" Like it's all like that throughout. It's hmm. such an eccentric performance. McGowan does some of the most understated performances in this show and some of the most ludicrous, enormous performances. Yes. It's fascinating. What, what an incredibly interesting actor. So what's your least favourite? Oh, my least favourite. It. Uh, oh, I mean, my least favourite. So one of the ones that I think is meant to be famously the worst is, I can't remember the name of it, but it's set at a wedding and it's the first one that's based on an Ed McBain. He did a series of, of books called, you know, Precinct 73 or something, mm, mm. just about this team of cops in a particular precinct. Mm. And for some reason, I think this was Peter Falk's idea. I can't remember if it's him or a producer or what, but when oh, we sh a couple of the Columbos we do in the 90s should be adaptations of this series of books. I guess he just liked them mm. or liked Ed McBain. But the trouble is, it starts and the whole plot... Firstly, I don't think there's a murder, if I remember correctly. It's a kidnapping. Right. So it already feels a bit sort of out of sorts. But it's also predicated completely on Columbo's relationship with all these other detectives from his home precinct. And obviously, Columbo's a lone wolf who doesn't really seem to know. Everyone kind of knows him, but he's not... He's not in an office in a bullpen working out cases like Barney Miller. No. You don't, you don't see his colleagues, really. Mm. And suddenly you're meant to invest all this care and attention in all these random other coppers. And you go, no, I, I don't really want this. I want to see Columbo off solving a murder committed by a wealthy person. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's very out of sorts. It's not dreadful, but I couldn't call it one of my favorites. But I mean, the other, obviously, the other one is, is Last Salute to the Commodore, uh, oh, God, <laughs> which incredible. is a baffling piece of television. It really is. Uh, most eccentric TV I've seen. Oh, it's, um, you sort of, I almost can get it. Like, again, partly it's mm. directed by McGowan, so mm. there's already that weird influence on it. And they there. thought it was going to be the last one ever, didn't they? So it was a bit of a last day of term feel. Yeah, that, that also makes sense. And also, mm. you, you remember how much Peter Falk was um, friends with Cassavetes and starred in his movies and stuff mm. and was into all that kind of independent 70s cinema. So the idea of introducing this slightly odd, meandering energy almost makes sense yeah it, it's just incredibly boring to watch it is I'm and it doesn't and there's a few funny moments where you go oh that's funny but I mean, even none robert of them vaughan feel in character yeah what were you gonna say i said even robert vaughan can't save it yeah, yeah. he's and he, i forgot he was in it that's how much he's backgrounded and yeah. you know given very little to work with he's also in the cruise ship episode right yes that's right 
Yeah, so he he does get his day in Colombo, luckily. But no, in that's it's it's confusing. In the it's the opposite of a normal Colombo in that it's confusing, boring, <laughs> really drags along. Yeah, it doesn't have enough story or mystery or plot in it, and it's very hard to tell what's going on at the best of times. Absolutely. Whereas normally they're they're tight, they're pacey, they're fun, they're enjoyable, they're witty, sh- snappy. You know, like it's it's the opposite of a Colombo, basically. Well, thanks very much for joining me this week, Tom. Well, you've got another question to ask me, I think. Hang on, shush. Thanks very much for joining me this week, Tom. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, thanks, John. That's I'll, I'll leave then right now. Yeah. Oh, just oh. one more question. Oh, right. <laughs> My wife's uncle is a big fan of modern that TV. That was so seamless. So sorry. Good, so good. If Columbo was on now, what would be your plot? Who would be the celebrity murderer? And what's the title of the episode? Right. Now, I think this is a really good one. Mm. I was thinking about this, and I reckon all, all in all, this is excellent. Okay, murderer Stanley Tucci. Oh, wow! Scenario: Yeah, owner of an Italian restaurant, a bit like everything he does, Big Nights, the movie, and sure. his shows about Italian food. It's a mm. passion of his. Loves it's, uh, it. Yeah. Thematically relevant. He's the owner, or he's you know the head chef, or whatever, and he kills uh, his his rival, or the owner of the restaurant, or the head chef, whatever it is, you know, depending on the dynamic between them, mm. by putting his head in a gas oven and making it look like a suicide. Oh, so kind of like maybe like Pleasant knocks him out, mm. but the way he finishes him off is sticks him in the oven, and the episode's title would be Murder Al Forno. Oh, I fucking love that. How good is that? I that's think that's so really good. good. That's really, really, really good. <laughs> you know what? Oh. Too often uh, we're, we're taught to be humble and mm. to hide our light under a bushel and not to blow our own trumpets <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Mm. I'm going to say that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I think I, I've nailed I, that completely. I love it. If I read that as a synopsis for an episode, I'd be like, I have to watch that right now. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm, I mean, would. partly because the movie Big Night is also fantastic. I'm kind of just stealing a lot of the themes and uh, cast of that. Mm. But anyway, am I, I have one alternative suggestion, which oh, is... Uh, if, if for example, Jamie Lee Curtis was about to retire, mm. if she was like, I'm, I'm going to pack it in soon, mm. I think you should have her be the murderer in one because Columbo was her first screen credit ever. Oh, yeah. When she just plays a waitress in, who's pissed off with Columbo in one scene. Yeah. And she's great in it because mm. she's great. And if she, if she was like, yeah, I'm going to turn however old she is now. I mean, she, she's, it's hard to tell because she's incredibly... <laughs> like vibrant and uh, active. Yeah. But um, she says, I'm going to turn 80. I'm going to I'm going to turn 80 this year and I'm going to um retire. Uh, then it'd be like right do do another Columbo and get Jamie Lee Curtis in as the murderer as like her final to bookend her entire career. Yeah. That would be so good. Yeah. All right, well, Tom Crowley, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I loved rewatching the story and I love talking about it with you. Same. Goodbye. Hmm. Goodbye. Oh, uh, one more oh. thing. Oh, you got me. Bye. I'm selling the land. The Marino brothers have made me an offer, and I'm accepting it. Marino brothers. The Marino brothers. The Marino brothers!
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.